0: Together with our guests and listeners, we seek to discuss, challenge, and create new understanding about how to inspire better experiences in response to ever-changing customer expectations. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the All Things Considered CX podcast. I'm your host, Bob Asman, and welcome back for another episode. Oftentimes, we invite guests on this podcast that are related to the employee experience or provide some perspective of how we as CX leaders can develop ourselves and become better leaders and better professionals so we can advance our our profession even further and the work that we do within organizations. And so with that, I'm very pleased to have Bob Parsons joining me, a longtime colleague and friend. Bob, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Please uh, take a moment to introduce yourself to our listeners.
1: Oh, thanks, Bob. It's so good to talk with you again and see you again. Yes, long, long time friends since the days of Deluxe Corporation. So I am right now, I just launched my business, even though I've had my LLC since 1999 as an executive coach. Uh, That's what I'm doing. I left the corporate world literally about 30 days ago. And so my passion, my joy, my fun is really in I want to help people use and apply their gifts.
0: Wow, that's great. We're catching you at a wonderful time in your life, aren't we? Yes, yes, you are. (laughs) Maybe you wouldn't describe it as wonderful, but... (laughs) Uh, whenever yeah. you whenever you start writing the next chapter of your career, it's, it's an exciting time.
1: Well, it's actually been pretty unique, and I I am actually going to say it has been wonderful. Uh, yeah, there's going to be ups and downs, but we can talk about that later. But I'm really grateful, Bob, just to be where I'm
0: at. So so tell me, Bob, our listeners love to learn about career journeys and how you got to be doing what you're doing today. And I and I often say this is that. You know, rarely do we wake up one morning and say we want to be a CX professional when we were, you know, in grade school. And perhaps maybe you did wake up one day and say you wanted to be a coach, but I'm assuming that isn't the case. So our listeners would love to hear about your career journey. Sure. So
1: I think the core of this, when when I think about that question, Bob, I'm going to call it intention that since I was young in college and I got married, I just felt as though I didn't want to live life by the seat of my pants. And so I, when I got out of college, I always wanted to work for an airline. And, but I also knew I wanted to work in the people service industry. So I really appreciate your platform and what you're starting here is because I grew up in the service industry and uh, coaching is all about serving others. And so I started with an airline, People Express Airlines. Maybe there's some listeners who may remember. I remember
0: People Express (laughs)
1: <laughs> yep way back in the uh mid-80s and they just had the most unique approach to work Bob they only had four levels of employees and everybody was salaried and what I really loved about them was once you were with them for six months you could choose what I would call is a functional focus and I chose HR and recruiting and uh so what I did is after six months I worked half of the time on the line. So I was a flight attendant. I was a ticket agent. I was a baggage handler. Um, And then the other half of the month, I got a chance to work in the functional recruiting area. And that's where I really got my start in HR. And then uh, when I came back, so that was in New Jersey. When I came back to Minnesota, I always wanted to work for Deluxe Corporation. My aunt worked for them. I waited two years, Bob, and I just kept sending applications and talking to people I think I filled out four or five applications for jobs and finally got a call. I actually, at the time, I was selling long distance to corporate clients. So it was B2B. And if you can sell long distance to corporate clients, you can pretty much sell just about everything. And um, I took a 40% pay cut to go to Deluxe because I just had so much respect for, frankly, their development processes. And I knew that there was a lot of opportunity there. And so I started, I started at $7 an hour. (laughs) I'll never forget. (laughs) I actually, Bob, got hired at $6.11 an hour. And when, and I was making, I think at that time in the sales organization that I was working for $24,000 and that's pretty good for the mid eighties. Yeah. But my wife and I talked about it. I always wanted to work here. So when I I came on board the day I started, they said, oh, we upped the ante on the pay for this role, customer service role, frankly, in the financial documents area to $7 and 11 cents. (laughs) So that was, so anyway, that's where I got my start. And I just love Deluxe because what I would, I've always told people that's where I got my my foundation. They were the best, Bob. And I I think you would agree with this in terms of how they brought people into the organization and intentionally, and again, this is going to be my theme, intentionally develop people, for example, Hey, if you were late, you get a little check mark. If you're late twice, if you're late three times, that wasn't looking so good. But when I look back at it, it was really teaching me how to be responsible, how to follow through on my commitments. Um, And so one thing led to another, and I'll never forget this, Bob, how I got into HR training development and this coaching thing. uh, I had an opportunity and somebody on the team who was on the phones was on maternity. And my boss, Deb, who was very intentional, said, Bob, hey, I know you've in, you're interested in training and development. So how would you like to take over her role while she's on maternity leave? I said, great opportunity. And Bob, total failure. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, it was horrible. I, the feedback I got was I talked too much. I interrupted people. I didn't stay focused. I didn't have clear outcomes for training. And I got put back on the phones after uh, that gal returned back (laughs) from maternity leave. But Deb taught me a really cool thing, not to give up and to persevere. And she said, Bob, look, I know this is really important to you. I know that you want to do this. Right now, you're not where you're at, but I think there'll be other opportunities for you. And she gave me some really good feedback. And I took that feedback, Bob. And I think that's been kind of the impetus of me being a coach, which is, Feedback, I call it is the breakfast of champions. And that's what got me started uh, in my track of HR coaching. And then one thing led to another. I saw a job posting. And the posting was for the manager of leader development. So I read it and I threw it away. (laughs) Because I was saying to myself, I don't qualify for this. And I had a friend of mine, but I think you'll remember Bob, Bob Schoenberger was my man, was a manager in that group at the time. And he said, Hey, did you see that posting for a manager of leadership development? I said, uh, yeah. He goes, well, are you, what do you think? And I said, well, I don't qualify. I threw it away. (laughs) And he said, I think you ought to apply for it. And I'm thinking, is he like hinting that he thinks I'm a good candidate for this role? And what I really appreciated, and this was maybe Bob, I don't know if you experienced this, but the mindset of many of the leaders at Deluxe at that time, was they had this open developmental mindset. I remember a good another guy when, as I went through the interview process, Tom Hedrick said, "Hey, Bob, look, I know you don't have the experience, but I know you can do this job because you have the skills and the gifts that are required in this role." And I went, "That's a pretty cool mindset." And so one thing led to another. I got into the leadership development. I had to do a a complete assessment of our current leadership program. And that's how I discovered coaching. Uh, We were looking for something that people could learn, change their behavior on how they develop people. And I did an audit of about a half dozen different coaching programs, discovered a coaching program. And, Bob, it was transformational. Because up until that time, I was pretty good employee. But I will say 50% of the time I was a brilliant and 50% of the time I was a total idiot because what I was doing is when I was an idiot, I was running by the seat of my pants and giving people lots of answers. People were coming to me. They trusted me. They had seen me do a presentation or a workshop. And when they come to me with problems, I give them answers. And when I went to this coaching workshop in like nine, I think it was around 92. It just, blew apart everything I thought about what's great around how to help people figure out stuff for themselves. And it gave me a framework for discussion, Bob. And that led me into um, so much more success, so many more open doors, a great career at Deluxe where people were coming to me constantly. And I was just using the coach process, the coach approach, when people would come in and they'd have these struggles and challenges. So
0: that's kind of how I got started. That, that's an amazing story. And, and I have to relate uh, to what you described as Deluxe's development process because um, they at the, the president at the time came to me at one point and said, hey, we need somebody to take over customer service and we think it should be you. And I know I today to this day, I remember my response was I don't know a thing about customer service <laughs> yeah. and the funny response he said well you've been in marketing telling us how bad customer service is so we just assumed you knew all about it and but to your point you know they handed me customer service and and i don't know 25 30 years later mm-hmm. i spent my the majority of my career in customer service and customer experience because they gave me that opportunity yeah uh, that you know said i don't know a thing about the mechanics of customer service but Obviously, they saw, like they did in you, those yep. certain skills and behavior. So it's really cool that you say that. And I still, to this day, tell that story about being given that opportunity, have, knowing nothing about the service arena.
1: Well, and, and this is advice I'd give to even young people today, Bob. Say, look, be intentional about, regardless of what job you have. I mean, I was full in, whether I was a cook at a restaurant, a flight attendant on a plane, or designing leadership development for an organization I was full in I was totally committed I was going what can I learn from this who can I get feedback from and the coach approach the framework really taught me how to open up my mind which I think frankly in some instances I had I had a closed mind in a lot of areas I thought I knew it all I thought I was the king of king at age you know whatever it was 27 or 28 um, and I'll have to say that when, when I left Deluxe, it was sad, but it was good. And what I decided to do, Bob, then I wanted more training. I just felt as though I, I, I learned a lot, I had a great framework, but I know I needed more to be, to develop my skill more deeply. And so that's when I uh, looked at some coaching schools and, uh, joined coach you and corporate coach you, which again, one of the best things I ever did. I was on my own for just a couple years. I, that's when I did, um, Created my LLC and did some side work with a colleague uh, partner, business partner, while I was taking my coaching school education for a couple of years. And then, again, you know, this whole thing opened so many doors. Thomson Reuter had an organization development coaching role. Now, back in 2001, coaching wasn't, you know, it was really more about what did you do wrong, right?
0: Right. <laughs>
1: and how can we fix you? And so for someone to really, number one, advertise a job like that, number two, when I interviewed, I remember Diane saying to me, and again, another great mentor in my life, she said, Bob, I'm not looking for a square peg to put in a round hole. I really want somebody who's got these great coaching skills. Yep, you got the OD, you got the background, you got the change manager, but I want you to introduce coaching to this organization. I want you to set up engagements as if you were setting up paid clients. And I'm like, wow, that's, now that's a mind bender, right? I mean, for somebody to say that as, and so what she did, she was brilliant. She identified and hired three of us or four of us and put us in different parts of the business. And she said, look, you are the OD coach expert contact for this part of the business and you help the business succeed. You help them with their needs. I thought, what a cool job, what a cool role to be an internal consultant and Bob, that's where I really got the opportunity to refine my coach process. I used contracting. I used assessments. I used uh, an intake process. And I set it up as if they were paying me. And I I logged almost 950 hours internally over those eight years at Thompson Reuters. Uh, it was a great. And that led me into other roles. Like I got to do executive development. I got to come alongside and coach some of our top performers in our executive school of education. And I got to coach these groups who were on projects sponsored by the CEO. I got to work with real cool people like Becky Locke and Mary Anderson, who these guys just, you know, Sandy Flynn was the, I think the uh, VP at that point. And man, she was really good at bringing people together who had a variety of different skills to build these leadership development executive ed programs. And I'll never forget her boss, who was, uh, I think, Brian uh, at the time. He said, You know, I'm using LD and our training department as a strategic tool to drive the business, to drive our critical priorities. I went, now there's a different mindset to use learning and development as a tool to drive strategy. And, and he was just a brilliant guy. We had great support. Um, that's where I had this opportunity to work on a, what I would say leading edge 360 debrief process with Mark Kazelos and uh, partnered with uh, um, Zanger Folkman, who was a great partner in that process. And then of course, you know, Thompson Reuters, you know, at the time it was Thompson and then they merged and I just, Decided, you know, it's probably a good time for me to move on. Again, at this point, Bob, what I was doing, I'm going to call this a side hustle. I kept my side hustle because, well, I thought, what if I get laid off? What if something weird happens? Since I was 13, I've always been doing two or three jobs. And so my side hustle was I was doing some coaching on the side. I was doing some facilitating on the side because I wanted to stay sharp. Plus, I was still going through my coach education program, and I wanted real Live clients that I could, you know, learn and apply at the same time, and then, um, then from Thompson Reuters again, I went from there and uh, I took a package and decided, hey, um, someone approached me. One of the coaching, small coaching consulting firms said, Bob, we'd love you to come on board as and lead and build the executive coaching business, and that was a blast, and I got to. I was salaried. They said, I'll pay a salary. We'll give you the opportunity to uh, work at home. And this was back in, I don't know, 2009, 2008. And I'm like, okay, well, if working at home doesn't work, I can always go back into corporate. right.
0: right.
1: <laughs> and so, again, I had this great opportunity to build a business from scratch. We built it into about a two and a half million dollar business. Uh, Over the time that I was here there, but again, I was hankering again and really, and I was doing coaching. We're coaching clients. We set up our coach practice. I was managing our pool of coaches all over the world. And setting them up with really cool clients. And then I I was really missing the corporate piece. So that's when I I went back into Goodyear, uh, where again, I got to do what I would call mid-level successor coaching and also help with some of our leadership development journeys. And then that leads me to today. I guess I just had a, a big uh, two-by-four to the side of the head, Bob. Everybody had been asking me for 10 years, Bob, why are you not on your own? <laughs> and I always poo-pooed it. And I just kind of said, no, that's not for me. It's just too much work. I don't want to do sales. But I had a mindset that was um, not really expanded my, I would call it a, um, not an abundance mindset. I'd call it a scarcity mindset, which is really Looking at things from a very limited view, versus taking a a really innovative approach to looking at, wait a minute, I don't have to do it that way. I can do it differently. And so one thing led to another, and I just it was just great timing. Um, We had a couple of new leaders who were coming on board at Good Year, and they were kind of moving in a different direction. And my role was changing dramatically. And I just saw it as a great opportunity to say, you know what, this is probably as good a time as any to really go full bore full steam ahead into my executive coaching business. And that's what I'm doing today.
0: That's, that's fantastic journey. Bob, I, I have to relate a, another story though, with, um, we were only briefly uh, at Thomson Reuters together. I came in and I think about the time you were leaving, but I remember right after I was hired, <clears throat> I've had a, a uh, executive coach for a number of years and uh, I asked the HR person at the time when I was hired, he said, you know, is, will the company pay for my executive coach? And she, her first response to me was, you never told us you had an executive coach when we were interviewing you. And I said, <laughs> um, well, I, well I, is that a problem? I mean, I, I, it wasn't a topic that I would bring up. It's just something I've done for a number of years. She said, well, why would you need a coach? And it kind of was that mindset, mm-hmm. which was, Oh my God, we hired somebody who needs help. And so he's had this coach all this time. And when I met with my new boss, I went through everything with him. And you know him, Rick King. And yeah. Rick was just, just completely supportive and, and uh you know, admired the fact that I had a coach mm. and was trying to develop my skills. But this kind of your your journey leads me to another um uh, topic that I know our listeners are concerned about because our CX profession, the, the professionals that manage customer experience in organizations, it has a really, what I would call maybe a higher than normal turnover rate, Bob, in part mm-hmm. because many times they're thrown into the deep end of the pool, so to speak, and aren't giving a lot of resources, but are asked to do phenomenal things to change customer experience and many get frustrated certainly as the pandemic hit the cx profession was hit with a lot of layoffs because it was treated as you know a a discretionary expense well we don't need experience when we've got a pandemic anyway and so what how can you and your approach help professionals that are you know maybe tired of beating their head against the wall or you know, just frustrated in their role in the customer experience world.
1: Yeah, I would say a couple of things. I, I don't know if you saw this, but Pew Research came out with a, a study here just recently within the last four or five months that I thought was really especially on the in the back side now of the COVID and the pandemic. They said, what are the reasons? Now you know you've seen people do these research studies around why are people leaving. And I thought this was really interesting what the top three were. And I've seen this. Bob, over the last 10 years at the organizations I worked, and more so now the top three were, and I don't, I don't think this is the order. So please don't quote me on the order, but here, but it was the number one it was the first time I'd ever seen pay in the top three. Um, and I can, by the way, I can provide you the link for this. If your listeners are interested, number two, I think uh, the, another one was the, was lack of career development. And, and I think this speaks to what you're talking about here is that, um, the The pandemic and everything else became a focus. Versus, well, what about developing your people? And you're seeing more and more as this as an important part of people's career as they move into different roles. And the third one here, and here's the key, and I think this hopefully answers the question, is not feeling valued. Hmm. I didn't feel valued. And what coaching does, if if you can help, if, if let's look, I'll I'll speak to you, leaders out there. Um if you can develop yourself as what I would call a coach and people say, well, Bob, I am a coach. I'm a manager. Well, there's a lot of people out there who say they're coaches, but really what they are is what I would say mentors, Bob. You know, people say, well, Bob, what do you mean? What's the difference? I say, well, mentors are more knowledge at the core of the process and the discussions of mentoring. I've, I've done a lot of mentoring. I've set up mentoring processes over my years. I've been a mentee. I've had great mentors. But really what it is, it's the passing, the, the core of it is passing on of knowledge from one person to another. So it's a little bit what I would call more tell focus. You know, I'm giving information. I'm sharing advice as a mentor. I'm sharing stories around how I handled certain things. But coaching, the difference there is what I would call more self-discovery focused, which is coaches don't tell you what to do. Coaches do not give you advice. They'll give you ideas. They'll add ideas to your brainstorming conversation. They will never prescribe or um, or give you an answer or move you in a direction or what I would call manipulate you in a direction that that I think they should go.
0: I always dislike that about my coach, Bob. She wouldn't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to interrupt your train of thought. I just can't
1: resist. But that's a great point because that's the history. The history is people have gotten frustrated with me because of that very reason, Bob, is that I remember a young man, he's probably 24. He says, well, look, I came for you for answers. I said, well, look, I can certainly give you an answer, but you go try one of my answers and it doesn't work. Who gets the blame? That's me. I get the blame. And then you say, well, what else do you got? And now I'm spending most of our time trying to come up with great ideas for you. Here's my belief. My belief is that every person who's sitting in front of me, whether they are, quote, unquote, being seen as a poor performing employee or a high performing employee, that every single person has the capacity to raise their level and to perform at a higher level, that they have gifts, that they have strengths that they aren't using or they're not using enough or they're not giving an opportunity to be using. And frankly, by the way, in most organizations, who gets left out of, quote, unquote, coaching for development? We we tend to focus on the low performers um, when, in fact, the high performers get left out and they need coaching just as much as all the other employees do because they want to raise their level of performance. They're the ones thinking, okay, how can I learn? What can I do? What can I do to raise the bar? And that really is at the core of coaching, which is helping people self-discover, solve their own problems, and raise their own bar in terms of performance. I hope that helped a little bit in terms of answering your question.
0: Absolutely. And and I think points well taken um, in terms of the high performance. Oftentimes, customer experience professionals find themselves um, uh, in that role because they did another role really, really well. Mm -hmm. And, and so the CEO, the, you know, the VP, whatever will say, um, well, let's put, let's put Jane over there in that Mm -hmm. role, because she did so good at this process thing over here. Let's put her in the role as CX. And, and, um, and so they struggle and that's where they need that coaching and, and um, they need the development. So I think your, your points are well taken and and spot on. Yeah, go ahead.
1: I'm just going to say, Bob, I love what you just said, because here's the difference between traditional approach to development. So what do we do with a person? We throw them into an experience. We say, "Okay, we'll see you in two years. Have fun. Excited to see what you're going to learn. Come back and hopefully you'll be better. Well, a coach approach, a coach would or a coach leader would sit down with that person and say, "Okay, look, I know that you want to be senior vice president of HR someday. And you're on that track. Yeah, not quite there. So let's, there's an opportunity for an experience, but I want to sit down with you and talk about, okay, what's critical competencies that are required in your next role or, or two, roles to two levels above? And where's that opportunity in this experience? What, what do we want to make sure that you focus on intentionally when you're in this learning experience? and then what i'd like to do is touch base with you and say hey what's working where are you getting stuck what do you need to be doing moving forward in your experience we're going to touch base every 3 months just we want to leverage to the max and be super intentional about what you can learn and apply in that experience and that's what that's the difference between coaching and just kind of going by the seat of your pants
0: again really really a good thought around that and and how uh, individuals can utilize the coaching opportunity uh, bob um gosh we could talk forever about this kind <laughs> I, know of, I'm saying. I mean holy no this this is fantastic but our time goes so quickly so just a couple of other questions for you sure. so i'm i'm in a role i i need some help mm. what do you suggest how does somebody go about you know asking um justifying whatever the case may be around saying, you know, I could use some development without it feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, they're failing. Right. Mm. And if they ask, they're going to be, you know, if I ask, are they going to, is leadership going to look at me and say, oh, they must be failing, you know, because there still might be that moniker out there that says, you know, you need a coach, you need, you have a problem, which is so, so far from it. Mm.
1: So I think what I'm hearing you say is, if I was in a position where I'm lacking confidence, is that
0: yes, mm-hmm, Yes, absolutely. What,
1: what can I do? So if you look at lack of confidence, that's what we would call an insecurity, right? And that, I'll tell you about it. 90% of my clients that I have had out of the 1,200 hours of coaching that I have provided, have at some place in their head, a place where they're saying to themselves... I, I just am not that good. I don't think I can do this job. All the way up to senior executives. I've heard senior executives say this to me. Bob, I don't even know why they hired me. And even you said it, Bob, you said, Well, I don't have the experience. I've never done this job before. And so what I would say to people there is say, look, you don't have to, you can yeah, you can hire a coach, by the way. You can you can hire someone like me. Um I by the I I've hired a coach twice now. I still I just hired a coach, and frankly, that's what helped me launch my business, Bob. But I would say, let's say right now, what can you do today? I would say, take a coach approach and go get some feedback. And this is, this is the easiest. To, I'm going to give you a, a cool takeaway tool that your listeners can use today. Um, and I've done this with individuals who are either in, from individual contributors all the way up to senior executives. say, look, sit down and write six to eight people. I'll call them stakeholders or people who have skin in your game. People who see you on a regular basis, people who have known you for the last at least six months, but probably for the last year or two, they've been able to see you work. They've worked with projects. uh, They've worked on projects with you. And go to each one of them and say, hey, you know, we've been working together for at least six months. I'd love to buy you a cup of coffee. And I'd love to get your take on how our relationship is working. And, And I've had people say to me, Bob, what do you mean? I say, well... I'd lo- I want some feedback around, hey, what am I doing well in terms of our working relationship? Where am I getting stuck? And what would you recommend as a piece of advice? What do you think I ought to be doing differently to, to help our relationship work better? Or you've seen me in my work environment. What could I be doing to perform at a higher level? And you just buy their coffee, Bob. Look, people love a free cup of coffee, <laughs> <A free laughs> cup of good coffee. I've bought a lot of good coffee. You do that with six or eight people, and then you listen, and you only ask questions when you need clarity. Like if someone says, well, Bob, if you just be more positive, I will say, well, what would I be doing? What would, how would I be acting? What would you be seeing from me? What would you be hearing from me that would lead you to be, believe that I'm a more positive person? See, that's what I call a clarity question. But I don't want you to be going, well, justifying your, the feedback. Say, well, you know, the reason I do that is because I'm just, you know, I got home stuff going on. No, you listen, you take notes, you ask clarifying questions. You do that with six or seven people, Bob. You will now see some themes and you can actually put together your own development plan. And I've done this. I can put together my development plans and go to my boss and say, hey, I just want you to know I've been interviewing key stakeholders in my business here. I've been gathering some data and this is what I'm hearing you know, and then again, ask your boss the same three questions. Here's what I'm hearing. I'd love to hear your take on these three questions. And I'd love to work with you to just put together, a, you know, one or two focus areas for the next six to 12 months in terms of my own development. It's a real simple tool, but it's, it's, it's simple, but it's hard because people want to fill the gap. People aren't don't really want to listen to everything. But I just say, look, when they share a piece of information, say, thank you. Hey, thanks for the feedback. Appreciate that feedback. Thank you so much for your time. It's a great way to, without having to spend a whole lot of money, it's a great way to go, not wait, for somebody else to give you the feedback, to be intentional about going, getting the feedback you need in terms of developing into your current role and building that confidence. That will really build your confidence. In fact, instead of thinking you know what you need to work on, now you're going to have some data that will support uh, a target area to work on so that, you know, what you need to work on.
0: Wow. That is for our listeners. That is, is, is a fantastic gem of a recommendation there. And I hope listeners really take that seriously because I, I can just see myself thinking through the process you just outlined, how beneficial that could be um, for a leader trying to develop themselves um, Bob, our, our time has slipped away. Um, this has been a fantastic discussion. Final question, words of wisdom, and then uh, how do people get in contact with you? So final words of wisdom first.
1: Yeah, under uh, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn. Um, I'll also give you my email. It's mm-hmm. bobjr10 at map.com, but you can go to LinkedIn. But here's my, my final word to you. You'll see this on my um, LinkedIn, I believe. But my motto is no one ever drifted into excellence. If you ever get an email from me, you'll see a little ship that's kind of sitting in the harbor. Oh, ships weren't meant to sit in the harbor. Ships were meant to sail. And how you fill in your sails and moving forward and moving out and doing what you're called to do, and that is, don't just do it by the seat of your pants. No one ever drifted. Have some intention. Have some focus and some purpose to your your development life and the life you want to create for yourself. Don't wait for someone else to, to bring it to you.
0: Wow. Thank you, Bob. Uh, Listeners, what great words of wisdom those are. And certainly self-development as we as leaders is as important as the work we're doing within the customer experience profession. So um, I hope you'll take it seriously. And and I know Bob is um, uh, ready, willing, and able to assist um, if you're so interested. So please feel free to reach out to him. Thank you, Bob, for a great uh, podcast session with us today.
1: Oh, it was my pleasure, Bob. It's great to connect with you again.
0: And this has been another episode of the All Things Considered CX podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your networks. And as always, please uh, remember that we'll have another interesting guest on our podcast to share with you and brought to you by the CXM Radio Podcast Network at Michigan State University.